the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. All right, welcome to the podcast. We've got Masood Sarwari. He's an entrepreneur, an investor, philanthropist, as well as founder and CEO of Foundation Escrow. This San Diego-based company works with real estate agents, loan officers to close transactions with top-notch service every time. Welcome to the show, bud. John, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Good to see you again. I know. You too, man. It's so good. Um, so so I know you. I've known you for a while. We've been in, you know, like a, a philanthropy group together. Right. Uh, but I, tell me tell me your story. Like, how'd you get in this business and get where you're at today? Yeah, well, um, I don't know how far you want me to go back, but uh, originally I was born in Afghanistan and um, luckily we, we made it out of Afghanistan and came to the States and... Do you remember um, much of that? Was that a, was that intense? Or? Uh, it was intense. Like uh, we, I think um, we, when we were trying to escape, uh, we were on a bus and on goats at night. And then when we uh, we almost we got stopped, and then they were pulled out my father, and then uh, they were putting a gun in his head. And uh, luckily, he talked to them or negotiated with them, and we got back on the bus, and then. Uh, immigrated to Pakistan. Wow. Uh, but it was intense. I don't remember all of it, but that's what my mom was telling me. And then luckily we got sponsored. My aunt lived in Nebraska and we moved to Nebraska from all places. So Jeez. I was an Omaha kid <laughs> for a little <laughs> while. Um, I, I think one of the brownest kids there. Yeah, but. <laughs> but then we moved to New York and then finally came to San Diego. Um, one of our family's members or friends uh, lived in San Diego, told us about San Diego. So, man, I, I grew up in San Diego. So super nice. blessed, grateful to be here. Went to college, UCSD. And then um, I, I was, uh, 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 like all Middle Eastern uh, kids, wanted to go pre-med. Mm-hmm. Uh, but middle of my school year, I said, you know, this is not right for me. I like yep. business, so it changed to econ. Too many books. <laughs> too many books, too much, too many years of education. Right. Uh, and I just wanted to get out and just start working. Um, so during UCSD, there was a career fair, and uh, I ran into a company called Accredited Home Lenders. I remember them, yeah. Yeah, you remember them. Um so I got into the business through accredited home lenders. They had a management trainee program that they just launched. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, you know what? I want to do this. I had family uh, up in the Bay Area. They had their own mortgage broker shops and they were doing it. I had a degree, so I didn't want to just go be a loan officer or open up a shop yet. So I said, I want to get some corporate world. I thought that's the best direction to go. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for like two years, went through a, a full intensive mortgage banking experience from like appraisals, underwriting, secondary um, processings, you mm-hmm. name it, just learned the ins and outs and just really got structure yep. on how the mortgage process and wholesale works. And then I was a wholesale AE for about a year. At accredited? And, at accredited, cool. yeah. I did that for a year and then was working in San Diego County and I had started building clients, mortgage brokers and loan officers, and I saw, man, I started seeing the 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 kind of money that brokers were making and loan officers. Yeah. And as an AE, I said, you know, I, I like being an AE, but I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I, after two years, I'm grateful for the structure and learning. I got out of uh, accredited, but then I opened up my own uh, mortgage shop in 2004. Uh, my cousin. Perfect timing. Perfect timing, right? <laughs> yeah. 2004, maybe. Um, but and um, um, uh, my cousin AJ, AJ Akbar, he's the one that got me into the uh, retail side and opening up a, a, a brokerage shop. 
he had multiple shops up mm -hmm. in the Barry and he helped us open up San Diego. So I got in 2004 and really good timing, just blew it out of the water. I had a lot of friends, family. Yep. Um, as you know, I got a ton of family in San Diego. So they all, we all started working together, opened up. I think we had like six offices, a hundred LOs and we we're doing a ton of volume. Yep. Uh, ran it and became like a, uh, eight figure business rapidly. Mm -hmm. And I think I was like 25, 26 when I started. So super young on top of the world, the top of the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a, it was a great time, obviously. And then 2008, <laughs> eight yep. hit. Yep. Uh, but luckily throughout that time, we, we were, we were smart, obviously saving money, getting into the business and At 25. That's a hard thing to to do you know it's like you're making money i'm only 25 you know yeah. i'm gonna buy a ferrari and stuff exactly. but instead you know you're like you're you know buying maybe buy, buying property right. or putting sticking some money away making some good investments That's, exactly. that was smart yeah yeah continue to do that and then vertically integrated we said well we got into the mortgage business this makes sense well, what other business can we get into so then that's how um got into uh, foundation escrow 2007 uh connected with the escrow companies we said we're doing 100 plus loans a month why don't we uh, do the escrows ourselves? Right. So 2007 found Foundation Escrow and had the opportunity to acquire it. So acquired it and it was a great business. 2007, uh, pretty much doing all of our loans yep. uh, for a year or so. Um, and then uh, found out really quickly that this business can stand on its own, that we should get out there and offer the escrow services to other mm -hmm. mortgage uh, brokers, to real estate agents. So then really rapidly started growing that. So luckily we got into that escrow business because right. the mortgage business, as you, as you know, it's up, up and down. For sure. And then 2016 uh, purchased uh, a nationwide notary service, notary near you, to just handle all of our escrows and had its own uh, escrow client. So just the whole vertical integration was cool. kind of helped us right. or helped me um, to continue to stay in business because 2008 was wild. Yeah, <laughs> it was totally wild. Yeah, uh, was it, We actually it, had to do some loan mods, loan yeah. modifications and yeah. some short sales just to change the business model for to continue to just thrive and survive. Yeah, I had someone tell me the other day, a, um, a mortgage broker, he said, man, this, this almost feels worse than 2008. And I was like, Good, uh, maybe for you, you know, yeah. like his business was just like dead, right? He had no business. And like, for me, 2008 was so depressing, it, you know, when it was, it wasn't really 2008, it was because I had another business that I that thrived in 08. But, but like end of 07 was just such a bummer it was yeah. like like the the fall of 07 when everything was going down and like i remember having loans that just like i think i submitted like five loans and they're like nope nope dead 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 and i was like and then i was like what am i gonna do right like, there's there's no business everyone's upside down like people can't even sell their house like you right. know then the short sale business came and walking away from how you know all that right. stuff came up but I, I'm like thinking like now, you know, it, it is slow, but like there's business out there. There's, there's, there's liquidity. People are, you know, mm. people are buying loans. People are offering products. It's just that everyone has this low rate first. So the refis are gone. Right. But there's right. a lot of equity. There's, there's tons of people that want to tap into that equity and keep cash. Right. Like, so I don't know. I don't think it's like 08. I think it, that of course the 08 thing was, was a, was wild. Like you said, it was just like, just a, it was a crazy time. And I think back at it and I'm like, I, I remember the pain of that time versus this. And this is, 
this is stressful, but it's not, you know, it's not like that. I'm sure with your escrow company, are you seeing transactions? Like you guys getting like purchase transactions now? Is it picking it up? Yeah, yeah. Um, refinances have slowed down, obviously. Totally. That we're not doing, we used to do, I don't know, hundreds of refinances right. a month. Now that's like tens of 20 transactions a month. So that, as you said, refi is not there. But we've always been a, a, a real estate purchase. purchase type of escrow company focused on real estate agents. Um, it was down fourth quarter. Yep. Um, but second half of January, we started seeing the pickup. Part of it, the interest yep. rate dropping, the buyers understanding, hey, this is the kind of market the new that we're in, the new yeah. normal. So our order count started going up mid of January and February. And our market share is going up too. So our focus is just market share. Right. Um, getting it to 7% is our focus in San Diego County this year and continue to rise there. But we're seeing more orders definitely uh, the past uh, six weeks. That's cool. And then uh, your notary business, so is it nationwide now? Correct. Okay. And the notary business, have you seen like, I'm so curious about this. Yeah. Can you do uh, notaries now on like FaceTime and stuff in some states? Yeah. In some states, they have the RON, the remote online uh, notarization. Um, It's happening a lot in in certain states, especially in the East Coast states. Um, Midwest starting to adopt it too. It's just California. We're the last to do anything, but right. it's it's happening. It, and I have I'm in uh, title escrow mastermind groups. They're all doing these. Ron, mm-hmm. uh, is Florida? Florida's doing it. Yeah, oh, cool. Florida's doing it. Yeah, already. We got a lot of business in Florida, so I think that would be good to know, right? Like, yeah, like you can do it. Um, yeah. So, uh, what, like, would you say right now it's like twenty percent of America is doing it, or like? Um, I'd, I'd say it's probably getting close to like fifty percent. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So it's actually. Uh, improving and the 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 technology uh, that's there um, it's just it's just it's just being able to actually if the state allows it it's so much easier to do right uh, just everything's online signatures online it's through uh, a technology platform that they that's have great I mean you could be because we always said I remember so many times like my borrowers leaving for Mexico yeah. they're gonna be in Cabo they got a sign and there's all this pressure and they're like now it's like, oh, they could do it from, you know, their chair, their beach chair in, in Cabo, right? While they're drinking a margarita. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's great. It needs to happen. I just I can't wait till California adopts it. Yeah, that'll be a huge tipping point, I think, for, exactly. for that business. Um, and so Foundation Escrow, are you guys mainly in San Diego? Is that is that the deal? Yeah, our, we're a regional escrow yep. company. We do transactions throughout California, mm-hmm. uh, but our core f- focus is, is San Diego County, Riverside County. That's the majority of our, our what we're doing. We're growing out uh, to, to Riverside, I mentioned, mm-hmm. a little bit more too. So continue to open up uh, office and uh, gaining more market share in, in Southern California. That's cool. And what's your differential? Like, like what, how, like what, what's your advantage I'd say, like for using foundation versus like a fidelity or something like that? Sure. Um, well, we, we just lead with contribution. So we have our escrow sales reps, our marketing team, our sales and marketing team, we're just focused on how can we bring value, add value, contribute to our agents, to really looking at them as a partner in business, not just uh, someone uh, that 
sends us business, but how do we really look at the agent and help them grow their business and have the agent look at their business as a business, not just a real estate company and helping agents to understand and have that mindset uh, of learning, education, knowledge to really grow their real estate business and treating it like a business and just not an operator. That's cool. Um, what, do you guys have any issues right now? Like, I know, like with the business kind of slowed down. Do have you seen, um, you know, that like, because what we're seeing is a lot more of the, the 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 bottom drawer files, right? Like, like like a file that a loan officer would never look at, and like, and so there's this, there's issues on it. And mm-hmm. are you guys seeing stuff like that too? The transactions are yeah. much harder. Yeah, um, we just had a manager call last week and they were saying yeah we're, we're we're doing these deals but it's taking longer to do them yeah it's a it's a lot more challenging more difficult um and i think it's just because of the type of market we're in the right. financing is just not as easy sure. um the type of transactions have some little hair on it uh but the majority of the deals that we're still doing is just the traditional transactions with financing cash as well too um, but I, I wouldn't say a, a lot of it is like the ones that, um, were just like sitting, uh, under the drawer. Um, I think we're, we're, we're doing a bunch of the traditional the regular stuff, yeah, the regular stuff, good. but it's just taking longer. Right. For sure. Um, escrow is, uh, one of those things that fraud has kind of popped up with, right. Oh, with yeah. like wire fraud and yeah. all that. Have you have, do you have any stories about like something happening? Like, yeah, like, it's, um, that's it's because that's a scary thing, right? Oh like, man, I mean, that's you what lose... keeps me uh, up at night, right? Uh, more than anything else is just that, and we take it so seriously. Uh, so we have our SOC certification, and we just continue to stay up to date with uh, wire fraud and security to make sure that one of our customers, consumers, the buyer, mainly the buyers don't get uh, defrauded because it's a billion dollar industry oh yeah and it's growing i think it's like maybe 17 billion but every year there's more and more of it and they they're getting smarter and smarter yeah um so we have to stay on top of it so one thing we do as a company is that we never wire our wire instructions um because that's where the 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 issues come up someone sends a wire email and tells you um, send it over here mm-hmm. and they uh, spoof an escrow officer or escrow company. So what we do is in the beginning with the buyer and consumer and educate them, send them a video understanding how predominant wire fraud is. Give them the instructions of, hey, if you see this, it's a red flag. So sure. education, conversations, letting them know, not emailing, uh, wire instructions. But I've heard it's happened to escrow companies so how do you do you do you send a text message with the wire instructions or do it's you, all verbal oh verbal so you call and yeah we call and then give it to them all verbally um then we're looking at some technology to have some uh secure platform to mm-hmm. to provide the wire instructions we actually have a new technology coming to play called foundation connect it's a portal and uh buyers and sellers and agents will be able to go on there see the status of their files um, have access to their documents so that's a secure platform that will be sending or providing wire instructions but until that's live uh, it's all verbal right now that's good Uh, but as far as stories man uh, from what i've heard i think there's one escrow company on the news where it was like the buyer somehow was 
they i think it was um someone had spoofed the escrow officer and sent uh an email to the buyers about um sending a wire to somewhere else and changing the instruction i think it was half a million dollars or something mm -hmm. so the buyer not knowingly just sent it because i think the escrow company was providing wire instructions and right. maybe the education wasn't there but they sent it and then that money was gone their they total life back. savings can't get it back can't get it back wow um, that's wild and for us we've had a situation near misses like yeah here or there but our policy and procedures saved us and saved the buyers Jeez. really it and then it's us continuing to educate them even though we tell buyers don't do this don't do this yeah they, they'll do it but then we have our policies and procedures to catch it and then we call them right away because this is a matter of seconds if you yeah. don't catch it right. you got to call your bank call the other bank to make sure that they rescind the wire yep. if you don't do that that money's bye-bye wow yeah can you imagine just honey i sent the wire to the wrong place and our life savings is gone oh man that's probably divorce right there. Oh, that's brutal, man. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's, I'm I, laughing, I, but that's not a laughing matter. That's, yeah. that's sad. Oh, that's I can't sad. imagine, dude. I can't imagine. Exactly. Yeah. So anytime I send a wire myself, I'm like calling people and say, hey, is this you? Yeah. Is this the right stuff? Because yeah. I, I don't want to be screwed. No, man. Nobody does. Yeah. Nobody does. Um, what, so what technologies are coming into escrow? Like what, what's, what's the new... Like, since I've been in wholesale, I don't deal as much with yeah. escrow, but I'm sure like you guys have done some cool new new technology yeah. updates, right? Like, yeah. what, what's new? Yeah, we actually we have a lot of new technology coming to play this uh, on uh, April 1st. So it's not April Fools. We're actually <laughs> bringing it on April 1st. It's nice. funny that you asked that. Um, we we've been paperless the whole time, obviously, and we use DocuSign and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But we, we're bringing that uh, new portal called Foundation. Uh, connect with which is the tracker yep. tracking the file status of where your file is kind of like um, a track like when you're tracking pizza or something sure. knowing when it's going to get yeah, the delivered. little ticker the little like line that says you're here and you're here you're exactly yeah, that's cool so we'll have that uh, files where the buyers sellers agents can access their documents uh, notifications and just it's more like on-demand communication that's to good. knowing anytime what's going on with your file so we have that uh, the other thing is we're adding AI, a virtual assistant uh, called Ollie. Cool. Um, so we named it after my late son, Ollie, yeah. just to be able to uh, have communication. So at any point in time you want to text Ollie, uh, it'll provide you any information about your escrow file, what's going on. So mm -hmm. for agents, for the buyers, sellers, uh, just on-demand communication and um, having an, an extra assistant. Is that a, te a text message? It's all so you text can say like, based. what is this, you know, fee simple or what is this, you know, um, whatever, you can ask a question. Yeah, you can ask yeah. a question like, how much is my earnest money deposit mm -hmm. I need to provide? How much uh, uh, or uh, what's, when am I signing loan docs? And it'll mm -hmm. just provide you all this information. That's cool. Yeah. What's a prepaid fee? You know, like. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, that, that's a cool te technology. I mean, yeah. I think people like to have, some, you know, even if it's like midnight and they're stressing out, and then they right. can send a quick text and it answers them right then, right? Exactly. That's amazing. And, and a lot of millennials, right? So we have so many millennial buyers now. They want that on-demand communication. It's like that Amazon experience. Definitely. Um, yeah. So th those are the, the two main technology we're bringing in. And uh, 
continuing to find other ways to improve and make it an uh, an experience and just not customer service, but a customer escrow experience. That's cool. So you've been in the mortgage business, the escrow business, notary business. You're still in investing, probably private money a little bit and stuff like that. Yeah. If you were starting out today or if you were a mortgage broker today, what would you do to get business? Because I know you think outside yeah. of the box. Yeah. And, you know, people people are looking for business. I mean, the, the whole pie has shrunk, right? It's like right. gone from like this massive amounts of transactions to these smaller. I mean, I think, you know, to, to, to kind of lead it off is, is you just have to work harder right yeah. now. You can't just, it's not just going to fall in your lap. But right. like, what would you do differently than? Yeah, I, I think it's so important relationships. Yeah. Um, I think this is a relationship business and more than anything is, yeah, you might not get a transaction today, but but creating relationships, not only with agents, with all the different financial providers, whoever can has access and can direct uh, a, a loan transaction. Sure. I think it's just getting out there and building your personal brand. I think right. that's the biggest thing is get your personal brand. So everybody's on social media looking at you and being able to, uh, to do business and some of the, and you, if you have a great personal brand, people are gonna come to you. So I think if you create a great personal brand and have the right hooks, the right messaging, the right education, people c will come to you. So relationships and uh, building a great personal brand. What's some steps they can take to build a brand? Um, I think first is just building your community. I think focusing on your community and continuing right. to build that and building your relationships. Um, and then having uh, content that's obviously education, knowledge. Um, and uh, th there's this guy, I, I don't know if you've heard of him, Neil uh, Dingra, uh, Neil Holm. He does a bunch of, um, he, uh, he's got actually uh, um, someone I follow and he has an event called Forward Movement. So he just talks about like creating hooks and information about like the result first and then getting people to to, uh, to creating these reels cool. so just information like hey have you heard um um a specific question is this is costing or have you i, I can't remember exactly all the different hooks he had but just creating a hook and then having the result and then getting attention span that way that's cool yeah i mean it, it's all about i think awareness right and letting yeah. people know what you're doing because if like you know what you're doing, but if they don't know what you're doing, it's kind of like that. I heard a quote one time. Someone said, "Like if you're not marketing, it's like winking at a girl in the dark. Right. You know what you're doing, but she doesn't know what for, you're yeah, doing." Yeah, for sure. So, like, if we're just like sitting here, you know, and 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 just like marketing and are doing our own thing, but like wondering why no one's responding, yeah. it's because because you're not putting it out there. You're not, right. you know, you're not like bringing that awareness to what you're doing. Uh -huh. I couldn't agree more. And I think if you want more business. Just talk to more people. Right. It's yeah, that simple. Right. right. Like you have to, you have to put more lines in the water, right? Yeah. If you're a fish, if your fishing is not biting, you like go somewhere else, put more lines in the water. Yeah. It's simple um, stuff. Like but you, that's like goes back to working harder too. Yeah, exactly. Cause you got to put down more. And at the end of the day, it was so easy. I think last couple of years yeah. to get business that it's like, it's kind of like, Oh God, do I really have to do this again? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta put my working boots back on. Right. I gotta hustle, you know, and it's like, you know, you gotta get that energy up. Right. Yep. And yeah. maybe motivated. Like I think you know, people out there sometimes are just not motivated and right. to to have to do that work. And it's I think our culture has shifted a little bit in the last couple of years to like 
you know, get get kind of soft where the strong are going to survive, right? Yeah. But not the the ones that are just like waiting for something to happen. It's like not going to happen. Yeah, I agree. You Your know? energy is so important. And I think that's where if you have the right energy, the right mindset, that's and hard work, that that's all you really need. Right. Is there any other ways to find business? Like can can a broker get a referral from an escrow officer or like an escrow company? Like is that I know you have your own yeah. mortgage company, but like, yeah, how would a, a broker go about getting referrals from escrow people um, or notaries? Maybe. Yeah, oh, that deal blew up, right? And I, and they like walked away from the table, right? Like you get a referral yeah. from a notary, right? Yeah, I think, uh, and you got to be careful with the notary too. Obviously, the notaries don't want to step on toes. Like, there's a transaction that another loan officer is doing, or another, yeah, uh, right. someone else. So, and then notaries want to make sure that they don't step on someone's toes. So that might be a little tricky. Sure. On the escrow side, again, if there's not a, a lender involved, it's, you, you want to obviously not, it's just fiduciary, making sure, sure you don't um, take it away from someone else. But if there's no lender involved or if there's a transaction, a cash transaction or something where they need financing, right? Um, then I think that's where a loan officer can come in and ask escrow, hey, if there's any transactions that uh, need financing, they don't have a, a, a lender or they need obviously more creative financing. Sure. That, um, I know fund loans offers, um, that's where they can come in. And I think just educating them that, uh, and again, escrow doesn't, direct that the escrow can then uh connect them to the agent right if there's an agent involved mo most likely and then talking through that that's good so yeah there was a lot of cash transactions in the in the past right like that's those were the ones that won and got the offers like if you're looking at 10 offers and you're like okay this yeah. one's cash this one's you know a va loan with zero down you're like I would, i'd take the cash offer right? right are you seeing still cash offers today we're seeing it, but is that reduced a lot? It it has reduced, and I, I don't know the specific percentage, mm -hmm. um, but uh, we're not seeing as much as we did. Like you would think a, that there would be ago. more because like the rates are so high. Then it's when when the rates were super low, you'd be like, well, I'm gonna borrow. Yeah. But I guess people would do delayed financing. People, a lot of the cash buyers were doing delayed financing. I right. think, right? They use their margin loan on their exactly. Schwab account or right. whatever, and then they would, and then they would do that quick, and then they'd go refinance. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's also the investor business is, is not there as much. That's has dried up. The, yeah. Um, so there's a lot more cash because transactions because there's a lot more investors. So investors have and been even out. like corporations buying up, right? Yeah. Like the Zillows and the. Other companies like that would buy your house cash, right? Stuff like that, yeah. And that we don't see those signs days. anymore. This is, we'll buy your house cash today in eight <laughs> days. You remember those little yeah, yellow yeah, signs yeah. everywhere? Yeah, yeah. I don't see those anymore. No, I don't. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I wonder what. I wonder what's uh, driving that. Like, I think. Do you? Do you what do you think is going to happen? You know, over the next year. I know you don't have a crystal ball, right. but like, do you have any insight to like you, what you think how this year is going to play out? Yeah, I, I think the rates will still st stay kind of where it's at and relatively. I think rates will be higher longer term. I think people thought maybe rates will come down uh, later this year. I don't think so. I think we're probably going to continue with the high, higher inflation period for a little longer with high rates. Yep. Um, so with that said, I think it's just um, as long as supply, and I'm just speaking of San Diego County, obviously real estate and mortgage business is so um, regionalized. Mm -hmm. 
but at least in San Diego County, if supply continues to stay low, we'll have transaction volume. If that picks up for whatever reason, then I think we'll see a, 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 a slowdown. Because uh, for us, we, we just care about transactions. Sure. Continuing to close transactions. It will be a purchase market for the time being. Yep. I don't know when a refi opportunity will come up. I don't think so this year, possibly 24 or 25. Uh, but eventually, these higher rate loans will have to go down, and then there'll be some type of refi opportunity coming up. But I think it's a lot of purchases. It'll stay that way. Um, and rates will stay higher, traditional transactions. I don't see m a lot of REO uh, or mm -hmm. short sales. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see some short sales, but not a ton because there's so much equity, right. at least so at this moment in, in San Diego County. So I just, I think that that's kind of what we'll see in the next year or, or, or two years. Yeah. So yeah. our focus is just continuing to gain more market share. That's good. Yeah. Are you seeing any seconds? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. I, I'm sure it, it'll have to come at some point, but right. we're not I mean, seeing there's it. There's a lot of equity out there. I know. And so we, we have a second. Yeah. A bank statement second for self-employed. And we're that's about half of our business. Really? Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, people are able to keep their low rate first, do a cash out second. Later on, they can consolidate them, right? And so they're able to tap into that equity and keep that first as, as the rates are high. So... What are your rates on the second? They're in the tens. And, in the tens? Yeah, okay. but I mean, they're a 30-year fix and they're interest only. So, oh, okay. you know, it's better than a credit card, right? Yeah. Better than yeah. like, if you maxed out your credit cards, it's like consolidate them. Hmm. If you wanted to do like a new pool or something, yeah. you know, people want to do that or cash out for their business, recapitalize, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So that's, that's doing, we're doing a lot of those and they're, you know, they're from 150,000 minimum loan amount up to a million. Oh, wow. So we do pretty big size I think more loan officers need to know about that because at least the loan officers are sending us to escrows. They don't know that. They need to know more about what fund loans offers. Yeah. That, that's, I think ref, that's probably one of the only refi opportunities out there. Yeah. So I think it's the only way people really access that cash without right. giving up their low rate first. Exactly. I would be like, if I was sitting there going, God, my wife really wants a new kitchen and my kids want a pool and I have, you know, and I have some maxed out cards and my business needs about a hundred right. grand and you're like kind of sitting there, but you're like, I've got a, I've got a 3% first, right. but I've got like a million in equity in my home or 500,000 equity in my home. What am I going to do? Like, you're like, the only way I can accomplish this is give up my 3% first. Yeah. That, and that make sucks. Sense. Yeah. So this, this is a chance that a, a mortgage broker could be a hero and be like, look, you don't have to give up that first. Right. Here's a little cash out for your second to, to get you by, right. to get all your dreams accomplished. And then down the road, we'll, con we'll consolidate them. So that, that's what we're trying to pitch. No, that makes total sense. And what are the mortgage brokers making on that? A point on Two it? Points. Two, Two points. Two and a half even up to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you do a $300,000 loan, you make, what, seven grand? That's great. It's great. Yeah, and it's much better than having to get a HELOC, right? Or, yeah, because you can't. Brokers can't make money on HELOCs. Yeah, you can't make money on that. And a but lot is of is there good for the consumer though to get a HELOC compared to a second? I think if you can get a, a HELOC at a bank, you're going to be better off. Better off, yeah. Because then you can only you, you use it as you go, and you're at prime or whatever. Your rates lower, but the problem is a lot of self-employed people they can't qualify no, for they a can't. HELOC because they just their income's what it is, and it's. You know, they write off so many things. Right. It's just they're, That's true. You know, maybe they had a down year. But we use 12 months bank statements. So uh, we just go off that's your... That's simple. Yeah. 
and the loan amount's not as high on uh, with the HELOC either. You're right. kind of capped at. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think HELOCs, depending on the bank, go up to a, a couple hundred grand. A couple hundred yeah, grand, yeah. You max. can't go up to a million. Right. That's great. Yeah, well, at least I, I need to tell our loan officers <laughs> about this product. Yeah, then we can get all the escrows back to, exactly. to the foundation, right? Exactly. It's great. Um, so talk about investing. I know you do that also. Sure. Are you investing in like rental properties, Airbnbs, anything like that, or like fourplexes? Yeah. We actually uh, bought our office building um, just about a, a little while ago for, for our corporate office. So that, that was a great investment. Nice. Uh, SBA loan, 10% down. Uh, 25 year term That's under great. 3%. So it's like a, a no brainer um, having your own property and half of it I, I, I use and another half we have tenants. So it pays for itself. It's great. Um, continue to buy multifamily. Um, so have uh, some doors out here in San Diego. Um, I do that mainly for cash flow mm-hmm. and also uh, tax reasons, tax reasons yeah. the cost segregation and depreciation. Um, and I, it, that's all in San Diego. And if I invest outside, then I'll do some limited partner deals and syndicators and other people that have uh, deals in Dallas and other states uh, that I'm interested in. Um, so done that for uh, multifamilies. And these are like larger projects, thousand units, things like that. They get a, give you a good tax write-off and good decent cash flow and certain amount of years of hold. Um, and then I, I still like uh, private equity deals too. So mm-hmm. doing some angel investing and some funds and Viore. Yeah, if, if Viore is available, I'd love to, to. I think it might be that too late. That was a good one. Yeah. I wish I got. On Were that you one. in that no, one? I wish I got on that one. No. Um, so yeah, just things like that, and then um, obviously the the stock market and bond market, but that hasn't been doing much. <laughs> but uh, I just like to diversify myself and just have different things so just fully diversified because i don't know which one asset's going to do well sure and just continue to have build the cash flow right not just spending all your money yeah. it's like invest it right yeah. like you're basically investing back in your future exactly and your family and you know all yeah that. i love investing it's just it's my passion just continue to learn and grow from that that's cool what's like an easy way for someone to kind of get into it like just is there books that you've, you've read or is it just more like friends that you've met and yeah um, I think one of the greatest books uh, I've read um, were two books is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Love that book. And then The uh, Richest Man in Babylon. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Just those two books are just like tell you just the foundation of like investing and mm-hmm. saving money and what to do with it. Because you could do a lot of different things with, with that. But I think that's great. Um, and then just having uh, your philosophy on investing. Uh, a buddy of mine, his name's Dan Fleischman, he, he talks about a 40-40-20 rule. So he invests 40% in safe investments. That gives him like 5 to 9% return. 40% in medium risk. So that's real estate, stocks, uh, mm-hmm. cash flow businesses. And then another 20% in like Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> You never know, right? You never, you never know. know. You never know. I have a little of it, so I just yeah. I wanted to be in it, but it, it is what <laughs> it is. Exciting. Yeah, right? It's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. And it's it's a new technology. So I mean, I say new. I mean, it came out in, what oh eight or something like right. that. But like, you know, some people totally hate it. Some yeah. people are like, it's the future, and yeah. they're going to be a million dollars, you know, each coin. Yeah. And well, putting all your eggs in one you basket, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Um, so I think those are the, reading the books. 
getting into mastermind groups and just investor meetup groups just to learn. But I think the best in any type of investments, real estate, you just can't go wrong with that for long term. Sure. Right, if, right. If you're looking for quick cash, I think just it's hard to invest for quick. I think it's just always having that long term uh, investment horizon and being a contrarian. Yeah. Um, and I think that really will help just do what people the masses do opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's more of emotional, but trying to control your emotions. Right, for sure. So uh, we were in a philanthropy group together, yeah. I know, and that I, that was so rewarding. Like, that was just a yes. great time. I, I look back at, at it, and I know that there's an alumni opportunity. But um, talk to us about kind of what kind of philanthropy you're into right now and, yeah. like, what you're doing. I know that's, like I said, it's like when you – you know, when you have good years and you make a lot of money and you can invest and do, do all these things, there's also, you know, obviously there's a tax benefit for philanthropy, but uh-huh. uh, there's just something about when you see an impact, right? right? Like it really changes your view. I mean, you know, this life isn't just about what we can, right. you know, how we can enrich ourselves, but it's like, how can we give back? And yeah, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you're gone and you're not here any longer you're, you're not taking money with you or anything it's all Can't about it, yeah. the relationships impacts how you've changed lives and people so i'm huge on philanthropy obviously being an immigrant coming to the u.s we had help from the the government and helping us uh, going and then other people have helped me and my family so I said, once if I ever make it and I do well, I want to make sure I give back. And that's why I joined Peers with you, which was great. A great camaraderie, great uh, relationships there. And we would have, um, we would help different nonprofit organizations in mm-hmm. San Diego, uh, mainly focused on children. Um, and I know your father ha- uh, was really close with Case, with uh, Character, K characters, yeah. um, helping um, children in, in, um, and um, foster kids, foster care. Yeah. That's right, foster children, in all different types of uh, areas. So, and we put on a gala and help a lot of uh, raise funds. So, peers is rewarding, and I'm and I'm still in that. Um, just a good group to be in and make a larger impact. So, uh, we help local nonprofit charities in in San Diego. Uh, but myself and my family and my company that what we're passionate about is Rady Children's Hospital. So. We have a foundation called Ollie's uh, Foundation that mm-hmm. we created uh, back in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, continued to fundraise and give back to Rady Children's Hospital. Peers was a, a big help to get it off the ground and going because yeah. uh, Rady's was one of the beneficiaries we had at one of the galas. Uh, but uh, the story behind that and why we did it is because um, we had a premature baby that was born Three, um, seven months, um, and uh, he didn't make it. He was with us for 11 days, but he le- uh, was here for a moment, but left the lifetime of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we wanted to continue to see as a family how we can continue to ha- give back to other babies and families going through the most difficult time God, in the yeah. NICU. Um, and um, yeah, just we just had the experience we had from nurses that impacted our lives, and uh, we just wanted to continue to fundraise. So we put on a gala every year through our escrow company uh, to fundraise. We have a, a, a called a casino night every year and fundraising. We do other fundraising activities with Rady Children's Hospital, and um, our goal is to give back a million dollars by twenty thirty. That's cool. Uh, we're at. 
$350,000 right. as of uh, 2018. Um, so we're working our way towards that goal um, to help give back um, through uh, all the activities that we do and the relationships that we have. And it's just, it's helping and making an impact and keeping our son Ollie's name alive. And yeah. we have a little, um, the room that he was born in, um, we got his uh, name like uh, a nameplate exactly yeah, nameplate cool. on there just yeah. to keep it going man that's what really me and my family are passionate about that's cool yeah this is just you know life's short life's you know weird it and is. you just never know what's going to happen in your life and you know doing that kind of thing it just is just it's just rewarding just giving back giving, right you know keeping your focus in the right place you know and not it's not all about us not all about yeah. me you know, where it's it's like how, you know, there's other people, no matter how hard we have it, there's always someone yeah. that has it harder. So much harder. Yeah. And the one thing, too, is like, obviously, I'm from Afghanistan. I do so much here in America, and I'm so grateful, but also don't want to forget where I came from. So sure. I do, uh, and my family gives back to a lot of the needy people in Afghanistan and mm -hmm. other parts of the country that just don't have the resources or the food or even water to live so yeah. we we uh, give back there and one of my goals in life is to be able to uh have a um orphanage in afghanistan and to be able to have that where it's continued providing support for children that are really needy and that would be cool yeah that's yeah. something i definitely is a lifetime goal we have no idea what it's like in you know we know what we've been like you know people have been to mexico or whatever right. a lot of people haven't been farther than that and yeah. even if even seeing the poverty of mexico right I like or so i mean I, I i've seen pictures and i've talked to people about things like afghanistan but yeah. i mean we have no idea i no. mean we, we complain if our food order is being delivered a I little know. late or like our uber drivers late you know like we have no idea what yeah. it's like to just wake up and you're you haven't had a food meal in two days or you know exactly like really like this is or not having running water or hot right. water like this is this is stuff that's real in this world and we just you know we just take it for granted yeah you know? and that's why you have to just be thank thank god and put things in perspective and understanding hey the worst d day that you have anybody would want to trade you in trade a second. you yeah. in a second yeah in, so a, true. in a third world country so just you gotta put things in perspective and really be grateful that's right man totally um, any shout outs to like someone who's helped you along the way, get to where you are? Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, like my cousin, AJ Akbar, he got me into the mortgage business and the, the, especially the retail side of business. So really grateful for him to get me going on this side and, uh, pushing me to do it. Um, that was a uh, huge, uh, respect and appreciation. And then, um, just in, in, in the, um, accredited home lenders was just, all all my managers at that time they just taught me how to be a better leader and That's continue great. to um be an effective manager and they've taught me a lot so there's so many and accredited i couldn't name anybody sure um and and just my peers like all these different groups that were involved in peers entrepreneurs organization yep you yourself just being around good people and uplifting yourself and just the five people you surround yourself with is just who, who you become sure and absolutely. just being around good human beings is just continue to help me elevate myself definitely man
it's so amazing how a, a, a positive person versus a negative person can affect your whole day Seriously. or like your whole ma- like you know what I mean like yeah. so I mean definitely being around positive people is 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 a, is a huge huge asset it is uh what gets you like motivated are you reading stuff do you like wake up just naturally motivated are you are you reading a book are you like listening to podcasts or like what keeps you motivated on a daily basis um well no it's my family like my my wife angelica and my son alexander and daughter chloe that that's my why in life and that gets me motivated to continue to become a better man a better husband a better father so that in itself just drives me because cool. uh, I'm a huge family man, um, that that comes first in my book than than anything else. Uh, but then just continue, just this constant and never ending improvement and just progress. Yep. I'm just so interested in progress and growth and just learning. Um, right, I actually am going to Harvard in, in May. Really? Yeah. So I signed up for an executive uh, business course um, that's just with uh, business leaders and owners throughout cool. the world. Um, it's a two and a half year program and I'll be in, on campus for three weeks uh, in May wow. and uh, just learning and growing. So doing that and just doing things that just new and different and just kind of excites me to just continue to improve. So um, yeah, I, I, I listened to a lot of mastermind uh, podcasts. Um, and just reading books. I'm, I'm a big Tony Ro- Robbins guy, so mm-hmm. I love what he does and his uh, books. Do you and do the trampoline? The tra- no, <laughs> not the trampoline. Cold I've been, plunges? The, I need to do the cold plunge. I haven't done I've that done yet. I've done it. I just got one. It's crazy. It's, Did you get it, it? It's so great. I love it. You yeah. got to give me the one that if yeah, you like yeah. it. it. It's it's hard for like 40, 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. And then it just so like a peace comes over you. It's really crazy. Yeah. And then you get out and you're like, you feel like alive. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, the ice baths are great, but it's like a lot of work. So then you, you know, you're doing all the ice and all that. And then, but then, and then you make an excuse. Oh, I don't have ice or I don't have the time. Yeah. With the cold blunt, you just, just jump in it and out. And then you're, you know, three, four minutes and you're done. And, you know, and then, yeah. Is that better than just doing it in a pool? Because I thought I was just going to start using my pool to do it. Yeah. Well, right now in San Diego, it's like 50 degrees. Yeah. So your pool is probably in the, in the 50s, yeah. right? Like high 50s, yeah. maybe. Um, you can start that like yeah. that for sure. Yeah. The pool plunge is what? Is it less than 50? Yeah. They go down to 36 oh, wow. or 34 or something like that. Like really, really Yeah, cold. Maybe I'll start my pool first. I So when I got my cold plunge, I started at 50, I think, 52, and then got down to like 46. And I think the lowest I've done is like 44. Oh, nice. And so any anything below 50 is, is I mean, even 50 is freezing, dude. I yeah. mean, like, you know, it's, so, it's cold, right? So, so you do that right when you wake up? Yeah, I do it like, um, so I'll do the sauna and then I'll go in the cold plunge. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like to I like it to be a little bit warm first and then get in there. And then when do you put the senses around your face? <laughs> Only when I do a podcast. <laughs> when you do podcast, okay. Yes, to, to awaken the, the mind. Wake, yeah. yes. I'm awake, bro. It feels it's yeah. cool, right? Yeah. I feel like a, an awakened soul. It's <laughs> just a little peppermint, you know, you just touch your ears with it and yeah. you're, you're yeah. It's, yeah, it's you got to give me that and then the cold plunge. Yeah, so Start it's, doing it's that. just a little um that's like a essential oil, I think. Yeah, me, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel great. <laughs> That's cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Any yeah. any uh, lasting thoughts that you want to? Anything you want to say to the? 
listeners yeah um well yeah thanks again for having me this is just is natural just having a conversation with you i don't i don't catching even see, up catching yeah. up i don't even see any of this or, uh, yeah. so it was really cool it was really uh comfortable so anybody that hasn't done a podcast with you i'd r- highly recommend it because it was just fun thank and you just man. natural um and the, yeah the, to just say um yeah you just you don't want to live life with regrets you live once and uh I think the most important thing in life is just uh, quality time with yeah. the people you love. Um, I just recently had my grandmother pass away uh, last week, and she was so beloved to us. Uh, we called her BB John, and uh, it's just difficult. You never know what tomorrow. You can't. Uh, tomorrow's never guaranteed. Even right. though she was elderly, we we thought we always had time with her. And with anyone, you think you you have time. It's just like I think every day. Um, you have to look at it as the time is now because yep. tomorrow's never guaranteed and live your life. At least I try to do like it's my last day. Yeah, that's good. I heard something recently that was like, if I gave you a million dollars, would you be happy? And they're like, yeah, I'd be so happy right now. Right. And then they're like, well, what about 10 million? They're like, oh my God. Yeah. You're like, What would you do with it? Oh, I'd do all these things. Right. And then they said, well, then what if I, if I would, if I get, would you take 10 million if then the next day you had to die? And they were, they were like, no, yeah. hell no, I wouldn't do that. And so the, I guess the point is like your your daily life is worth more than 10, bu- 10, oh, million, yeah. 10 million bucks. So like if you wake, if you were to wake up and be like, feel like that you just got $10 million, that if you had that same feeling, I mean, that's really what your day is. Your day is worth more than that. Yeah. It's like worth a billion, whatever. You would trade a billion dollars for another day, you know, like... You, in a, in a heartbeat. So yeah, just having that mindset, waking up and being like, I'm so happy that I'm alive. I made it, you know, yeah. and then starting your whole day out like that, I think is, uh, is, is a huge way to, to just have a good day. Right. It is. Yeah. And like we're, if you wake up tomorrow, you're one of the lucky ones that you get to live, a, uh, you get to live and you get to make it change or impact. Yeah. Someone else didn't wake up. Right. So true. Very true. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for watching the podcast here with Masood. And please like, share, comment below, please. And subscribe. Tell your friends about this podcast. The only way we can be successful is if you guys share it. So thanks for forwarding our videos and our podcast. And we will see you on the next one. All right. Thank you. The Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast.